0: Last time on the Tariku podcast, the Minamba patrols the edges of the herd. His spiraled horns like the strange weaponry of some alien land. So you mean to make this old man chase you, huh? For a moment, he cannot locate the buck. He hears it snort behind him. The two stand face to face that way regarding one another for a long time. He knows this feeling of looking into the eyes of an animal and seeing someone there staring back. Who are you? Courtyard of the Palace of Kanko, King Fara Keita, called Farah the Beautiful. Scion of the Hunter Kings of Mandeng, lounges on the royal ox-hide. The king is clad in fine robes of linen dyed with rich indigo, gold brocade at hems and collar. Rings of silver and gold glint on his manicured fingers. Clasped about each wrist is a wide band of leather sewn with rows of precious cowries. He absently swats at flies with his elephant tail fly whisk. On a low stool beside the oxhide sits Nyankumandua, the august jelly of the court, his thickly wrinkled brow as sweet and noble as an old bloodhound. His calloused fingers dance up and down the neck of his ngoni, a courtly lute with a fine, delicate tone. Eyes closed, he nods curtly as he finds his notes, as if each time to say, hmm, Yes, that's the one. Hmm? Mm-hmm. And so is that mm mm-hmm. and so is that. Dua's eight-year-old son, Fasali, sits at his feet with his own small instrument. His little brow is all knit up with concentration as he tries to emulate his father's playing. As he hears the boy's struggle, Dua opens his eyes, and by the gentle raising of a hand, Silences Fasali's playing. No, I can do it! Mm Mm-hmm, I know, I know. Dua lifts Fasali into his lap so that his nose rests nearly against the neck of his father's instrument. Fasali quickly begins to nod his head excitedly in time with the music. After just a few moments, he squirms his way out of his father's lap, rushes to pick up his own ngoni, and begins to play along. Do our smiles. Oh, you have it? No? Fasali, slowly, slowly, little by little, little by little, Dawn it, dawn You see, you must play only this.
1: But when can I play
0: the fast one? Fasali, take your Ungoni and go to the market. Find some place to sit where you can see and hear everyone. As you practice, watch and listen. The market is a good place for that. You will see there, laid before you, the people of Munding, your people. As you watch them, day after day, you will come to know their ways. You will come to know the sound of truth and the sound of falsehood. You will come to know all the steps of the strange dance that goes on between men and women. You will come to know all the great works of your people, how the Numu works his iron and how the Garanke cures his hides. You will see how the Horonu Our noble patrons comport themselves. You will see the wise and the foolish, the kind and the cruel. But you, my son, you are a jelly. It is not given to us to say, I like this one, I do not like that one. No, you must find it in your heart to love all of them, good and bad. When you come home, I will ask you what you saw and what you heard. If you can tell me, then we will add something on your ngoni.
2: Who are
0: you? In answer, the Minamba only tosses its head and trots off to the north. The hunter is left standing alone on the plain. As the dust of its hooves begins to settle, the hunter shakes himself from his reverie. He sucks his teeth and wipes the sweat from his face. This can only be a jinnah of the bush, a thing from the invisible world that puts on flesh and takes it off like clothing. The hunter unshoulders his bow and quiver, sets them down on the red-gold earth and takes from between them his sasa, his hunter's bag. His is a small purse fashioned from a section of crocodile tail, the double row of scoots, fearsome even in death. He pours into his hand from within twelve shining cowrie shells, their ghostly lips glinting in the sun. He whispers to them, scatters them on the ground before him, and listens as they whisper back.
2: This one
0: is too much for you, old man. Eh? I did not ask your opinion. Just tell me how to kill him. You keep
2: us because we tell you the truth. The truth is what we tell you. You must kill him if you can before the sun sets. If you do not, he will turn. He will not come for you right away.
0: Tell me how to kill him. Walk north. Stop at the grove you find there. And?
2: Brush your teeth.
1: Ah. Brush my teeth?
2: Your breath is foul. There is
0: a stench when you whisper to us.
1: Kondoloni Talk sense told you everything you need to know.
2: If you are too stupid to understand, that is not our concern. Our pact is fulfilled. Now,
0: The dappled shade of the grove provides the day's first respite from the pounding sun. As he steps under its canopy, the hunter closes his eyes and feels his whole skin breathe a sigh of relief. He searches, moving further into the grove. Parting the leaves and thorn-studded tendrils with his weathered hands, he is reminded of the unruly hair of his children and he shudders at the remembered revelation of his shells. Emerging into a clearing, he finds himself staring into the twisting immensity of an ancient Managbese tree, the one the Arabs from across the northern desert call the Mizwak the massive warp of its roots, like the thick varicosities on an old crone's calves. He Brush my teeth,' they said." He finds a foothold in one of several deep gouges in the trunk, scabbed over with dark sap like an old wound. He climbs until he reaches a low-hanging branch, and snaps off a twig the thickness of his thumb. The way down is always harder. When he was young, he would have leapt the distance easily and landed silent as a panther. Now he climbs down gingerly, the tendons of his ankles cracking like dry leather. His rusted meniskis are worn down to nothing and bone grinds against bone as he finds the earth again the Managbese stick he plucked has split at the end in the way the Managbese always does into a brush of soft bristles the juice of the plant secreted through these whitens the teeth sweetens the breath and settles the stomach the hunter begins to work these between his teeth, stray fibres pasting themselves to his lips as he does. This ah! mm-hmm. is my finger. What Jinnah is this now? My name is the smell Soaked branches, humans never pronounce it correctly,
2: please don't try, you will only
1: hurt my
0: feelings. My cowries told me to come here and brush my teeth, seems they meant for me to meet you. No one else of consequence lives here. Very well. I hunt a Jinnah who wears the form of a Minamba. He laughs at my arrows. My divining cowries tell me that if I do not kill him before sunset, he will turn and stalk my life instead. Hmm. That one. I know him too well. You are right not to trust him, Hunter, for he is treacherous. We were lovers for a time, you know. He used to come to my grove with the reins, wearing his fine Minamba robes to take shelter beneath my canopy. I fell for that rich, tanned hide of his, those handsome little stripes and those magnificent horns. eh? You know, Hunter, I don't mind telling you. I invited him to taste of my sweet leaves and fruits and fibers. You can still see the
2: skies where he would sharpen his lovely horns
0: against my trunk. It hurt so sweet. And he repaid my affections by devouring all the leaves from my branches and leaving me naked in the downpour. Humiliation upon humiliation. Hunter, suck your teeth for me. What? Suck your teeth. Make the Suruntu on my behalf.
1: I wish to do it at the Minamba, but I have not the lips. Please. Hmm.
2: humans like to do that.
0: Very satisfying. Mm. Can you help me to kill the Minamba? I... can. Tell me, Hunter, do you have one of your little flying twigs? The kind that has the sharp tooth on the end? Narrow, I do. Now, polish the tooth of your
1: flying twig with the juice of the one you stole from me, just as you did the teeth in your mouth.
2: That's good. Just like that. A little more.
1: Yes! Yes, that's it. Stop, stop. Good. (coughs) There. Pierce the Minamba
0: with that. And this will kill him. Before... The Minamba was simply the clothes he wore. This is why your little flying teeth availed you nothing. My juice will bind him inside the Minamba. His spirit will cleave to it with remembered lust.
2: The rest is up to you.
0: The Minamba laps delicately from a narrow stream. The stream lies within sight of Nyani, the walled town of the Keita hunter kings. It is market day and the din of sound and riot of smells carries far from the town in every direction. A normal animal would never settle itself so close to that. The hunter can make out the shapes of his arrows, still jutting stiffly from it, rising and falling with its breath. Belly down in the grass again like a snake, he has gotten close enough to smell the thing. Dried sweat and musk whipped on its fur. He readies the arrow, with the wet managbese fibers still plastered to its head, knocking it to the string so slowly as not to disturb a single blade of grass. The minambas ear twitches. He stops drinking, but does not lift his head. The hunter's breath catches in his throat. Then he hears the rhythmic slurps again. this close, but I have only one chance at this, the town blocks his escape, he can only come toward me, I must be ready for a charge, the hunter raises himself up onto his elbows, he dares not rise even to a crouch this close. His shoulders grind in their sockets as he draws the bow back. The joints of his fingers burn and he has to fight to hold the arrow steady.
2: Mm. So,
0: your hand is shaking. So what? Don't fight it. Just find the pattern in it and... <coughs> <sighs> so you can bleed after all. Much as the hunter loathes even to look upon the terrible length of the horns, he knows he must reckon it precisely, for he knows their length is the space between him and his death. He watches them nodding ponderously, as the Minamba tosses its massive head and churns the earth with its hoof. as long as I am tall. He glances behind him to where he lay in wait a moment ago, sees the print left by his body in the dirt and scrambles back to where his feet had been. He likes to stamp the right ...strikes the place where I rested my chin, loose my arrow, run for my life. Here he
2: comes. Time is wrong you dead old man. Ah! The arrow from before, gushing black blood. And that means
0: poison? Still breathing. Need to uh, cut the throat. Don Soba, Master Hunter, I salute you. Dankorobah, old lone beast. I salute you as well.
2: I know this juice that coats your barb.
0: The one that traps me in this stinking flesh. Mm, Yes, you do. The managbese of the grove greets you. Ha! That Tell me, what is your name, Don Soba? You are not my first kill, Minamba. Even my greenest apprentices know never to tell a Jina their names. (laughs) No, it is true. Not your first kill. But I will. Be your last. Mark me well, Don Soba. you will never see your home again. Mm-hmm. Time to cut your throat. On your journey back to Sangaran, she will find you. As my flesh is spitted over the fires of Nyani, yours will be spitted on her horn. She who even now tramples the paths of Sankaran.
2: Your death will be slow as mine is slow. You will curse the taut sinews of your belly, toughened over all those years of Soya. Or how tenaciously they cling to the one that impales you.
0: Basali sits alone with his back against a low wall, bony little knees drawn up to his chest. He cradles the ngoni between his belly and his thighs and does as he was told. The smell of the market is a pandemonium of spices, of raw meat and meat being grilled on skewers and fresh caught fish and curing hides and manure all beset with the inescapable hordes of flies. Women carry impossibly large pyramids of fruit and fresh-dyed cloth and pottery atop their colorfully wrapped heads. The cries of the merchants echo off the mud brick of the town's high walls. From the minaret of the newly built mosque the clear, silvery voice of the muezzin calls the faithful to prayer. Against another low wall, opposite Fasali, a group of garankelo, members of the cast of leather workers, sit against a long wall at their work, their long legs outstretched, Their nimble fingers navigate a complicated tangle of brightly colored threads. So skillfully have the garankelu prepared their hides that the leathers are rendered supple as silk. They spread them easily across wooden cutting boards on their laps and cut them to order with little curved knives. These protrude from their ulnar fists like the delicate talons of raptors, one of them places the horn of a bull onto a thick sheet of dark leather. He traces the circumference of its base with his knife. His kinsman, just arriving at work, greets him. Hey, that is fine work. You are a silla. Marhaba. You also are a silla. Bah, that will be the hat for that young hunter who came by the other day, eh? oh he said he plans to try his luck against that buffalo in Sangara. He wanted something for protection. Muttering incantations under his breath, the garanke dips his fingers into an earthenware pot by his side removes them wet with blood, and begins to paint the horn with this. Hey, red rooster's blood, you are not playing. Ah, those who take the road to Sangaran today need all the help they can get. Why do they still go? That thing is a monster, they all die. That's the way young men think. What happens to others will never happen to them put the sun in my hand the garanke's kinsman opens a rolled leaf and taps a careful measure of gold dust into the waiting palm of his colleague thank you my brother Fasali's concentration is broken when a heavy hand settles itself onto his shoulder. Hey, jellibah. Fasali looks up to see the figure of Farakuru, the son of Nyani's Numu blacksmith, Fari. Farakuru is already tall for his 14 years, with long sinewy limbs that look as though they had been pounded out of iron themselves. Aketo, I didn't mean to startle you. You're at your work. How is it going?
1: Little by little.
0: Oh, are you entertaining these garankelu here? Hey, silalu. Is there peace in your courtyard? Peace. And yours, numuba. Peace only. Fasali, you should come by and play for us at the forge. Father loves to hear music. You know blind men hear it differently than you and I. I will play for him. I will play so well that... Vasali trails off as he notices a commotion at the other end of the market by the town gates. A crowd has formed there, and the merchants barking out their wares have grown silent. Vasali draws near to get a closer look, but he is too small. It is not until Farakuru, lifts the boy up onto his shoulders that Fasali sees the hunter. The hunter holds the freshly severed haunch of the Minamba. A whirlwind of flies swirls about it, scattering and coalescing again as the arm of the hunter slowly swings with his long strides. The rest of the carcass is carried in sections by the townspeople, those who came out to help the hunter butcher the Minamba in exchange for a share of the meat. It takes two men to carry the head, each clasping the base of one massive horn in both hands. The wicked tips can be seen above the heads of the crowd. The eyes, ears, and mouth of the Minamba are packed with the white Nyamafla powder. To prevent its nyama, its spirit, from pursuing the hunter or the people of Nyani and wreaking vengeance upon them. The din and stench of the market seems dulled around them. The crowd makes way to let them pass, and some bow their heads in deference to the hunter. Some voices in the crowd cry out, Simbo and Idan Sogo. The Immaculate Toe of King Farah the Beautiful Traces lazy circles in the air In time with Dua's music Arrayed about him is the Court of Nyani His first wife, the Queen Sasuma Berete Wrapped in a tafe of the same purple and gold motif as her husband Her flawless skin the color of burnished bronze aristocratic cheekbones as high and fine as the horses brought across the desert by the pale Arabukalu for trade. Swaddled against Sasuma's back with a bolt of yellow cloth is a sleeping baby girl. Her tiny cheek is pressed between her mother's shoulder blades. Seated on a rock nearby is Sasuma's elder brother, Manjambedete, the great scholar of Islam. Clad in white robes, his shorn head protected by a crisp kufi, he copies out a verse from a worn Quran onto a thin wooden tablet. Sasuma's eight year old son, by King Farah, Dankaran Tuman, chases chickens through the courtyard. Dankaran's current quarry, a blazing white rooster, escapes between two long legs. These are clad in dusty mud cloth, bound with kapok fiber below the knee to prevent them rubbing together and making noise. Dankaran gives chase and plants his forehead smack into the haunch of the Minamba just as the hunter and his retinue step into the royal courtyard. Dangaran sits down hard in the dirt. He looks up at the hunter. A little spot of blood from the haunch stains his forehead. The hunter reaches down and carefully wipes it off with a thumb. Dua opens his eyes but continues to play and regards the hunter who stands calmly at the threshold of the courtyard, waiting to be acknowledged. As Dua plays, he stands to salute the hunter. Mighty Donso of the Savannah, Kurubakari, Breaker of Bones, I shall call you, approach. You are welcome in the court of Nyani, the court of the Keta kings of Mandeng, arrayed before you. Behold the Great Ones of Mandeng. First, Karise Manjam berete. He brought great wealth to Mandeng, Manjam berete. First, he brought us the word of the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Second, he brought us his sister, the Queen, Fatumata Sasuma Berete. Beauty beyond compare. Mother of the Prince, Dangarantuma, whom you have met, and the princess Nana Triban, whom you see on her back, I myself am called Dua. I am the jelly of this court, and there is my son, Fasali. Fasali scrambles down from the shoulders of Farakuru, rushes to take his place by his father's side, and draws himself up as tall as he can manage to be recognized. Fasali will be the one to greet your children, should they arrive at Nyani, after you and I are gone from the world. And he will tell them of the day their father, the mighty Donso of Sangara, came to the court having felled a great beast. Mm. Thank you, Jeliba. I see that you forget no one. I greet the king, Faramaganketa. I greet all the great ones of Mande assembled here. I kill this one, outside your walls. I've come to bring the king his portion, as is the custom dua leads the hunter to a place of honour on the royal oxhide across from the king a slave girl of the house brings a calabash of water and sets it by the hunter's side she takes the meat carefully from his hand and brings it into the interior of the courtyard to prepare it with the other serving women the hunter eyes king faraz sasa sown thickly with cowries and mirrors and hung from a branch of the tree under which he sits. The king regards the hunter's shirt as a general inspecting a soldier's commendations. An understanding seems to pass between them. Old lone beast, Yinikungo. Ah! Lion! Sogo I had heard that the king of the Ketas was one of our fellowship. Now I see that this was not just idle talk. Where do you range out of? Now, Sangaran, as your jelly says. Tell me, M'fa, is it true what they say about Sangran Cardonzois? What is said about it? Dua settles himself on the ox hide beside them. We have heard it said that the hunters of Sangaran are quite skilled in the divination of the Kauris. I cannot speak for others. But my master in Sangaram was a great diviner. The future held no secrets for him. Dua and the king share a look. The king lays a hand on Dua's shoulder and the jelly nods knowingly. We have been puzzled by a particular question of late. Will you do us the honor of consulting your cowries on our behalf, that we might see whether they encompass our answer?
1: Oh, the honor
0: would be mine, but I must warn you, Jiliba. My shells always speak the truth, and they do not always speak it sweetly. The hunter turns to his gear which has been placed off to his left, beside the mat, and lays hold of his crocodile-skin bag. The hunter whispers an incantation and spreads his shells on the ox-hide. He closes his eyes and listens intently to the shells.
2: Two, to what, two? A hunter,
0: no, a hunter and a jelly, but they are both hunters, eh? Make up your mind, talk sense, I guess, what is it? My king, as to your question, your heir is not yet born. The Queen Sasuma shoots the hunter a dark look as he says this. Two hunters, brothers, will arrive in your courtyard where we are sitting even now. They will bring with them a woman. This woman, how to say it, no other is like her? Such sorcerous power burns within her that it has warped her very body. Her back is bent beneath a ponderous hump. One of her eyes is blind, her knees twisted under the weight of the nyama that burns like a star within her. My king, listen. You must marry this woman. Though she is bound to these brothers by an oath, you must convince them to release her unto you. Do not attempt to take her by force. This would be your undoing. The brothers must, they must consent to part with her. She must consent to be your wife. You must mix the power in your blood, the power of the mighty hunter kings of Keta with hers. The Tana of the Ketas is the lion, is it not? It is. That is what the shells speak of. That union, the power of the lion and the power of the buffalo, will produce a son the likes of which this world has never seen. From here to the great desert in the north, the great ocean in the west, all shall tremble before the might of the lion of Mali, son of the buffalo. Mandeng will emerge from the night and dawn upon the world like the blazing sun. In lands that you and I have never heard of, they will sing his name for a thousand years. But first, first, he must contend with that one, he who rules from the high tower in the north, the one clad in robes of human skin.
1: ne abana sore alunike
0: Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you've been enjoying the story so far. If you have, you can show your appreciation by sharing it with a friend on social media and by hitting like and subscribe. You can leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you happen to download your podcasts. These episodes will be coming out on a monthly basis, and I'm looking at releasing some documentary style episodes between those. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel. A special video edition of our premiere episode is up now, featuring breathtaking photos from Munding. Many of these were donated by Stephen and Kathy House from their beautiful book, Villages of West Africa. Thank you so much, Stephen and Kathy. Special thanks are also due to Scott Slater, who's been an incredible editor throughout this process. Thank you, Inwali and Inike, also to Sam Deki, Edward Diabate, jabate Sedou Bangura, and Mangesila, whose music was featured on this episode. I want to also thank some of my teachers who performed on those tracks. That wonderful singer you heard between the market and the palace was Bebe Kamara, and Yakuba Sisoko, my choral teacher, played on that same track. You can find links to all of them in the show notes. Finally, thank you, as always, to Nfa, Alaj, Jelimamadi Kuyate, and to all of the Mandenkalu. Ko barika, ala mannege kendea daluma. May God give you all iron health.
1: Sumauru kante Sumauru kante la silalima mona manamo kanabensi
2: Afura
1: kante nifwana mao Kukuba bantamba nyeni nyeni mikamba